and like it just goes back to being an athlete too. You're not going to win every game. You can't, no matter what. No, sometimes it doesn't matter how if you did everything right, you still lose. You just have to accept that and move on. But um, that mentally, that trade, and that's why we talked about it. And I printed the chart out and I had it right next to my desk, you know, because I just didn't want to forget. And it just said, "Don't get greedy on with like big red marker." But then that turned into me constantly selling way too early because I just had it burned in my brain, you know, just to not get greedy because I was just, it's, it's, you know, it's, I'm okay when I lose, when I followed my trade plan and I stuck to my risk, but that one, I think mentally just hurt more than any of the other ones. You're listening to the steady trade podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back what? to the Steady Trade Podcast. As, as Steven, you know, we had a little bit of banter in the beginning. You know, we, we don't even get... 30 seconds in and already Steven's trying to convert Victoria into shorting <laughs> first green days. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, I always, I've said it a million times on the podcast. I love Steven, but I don't like him. And he's, he's like my, he's like my sleazy brother that every time I bring him around a girl, it's like, would you knock it off? <laughs> 30 seconds in. And it's like, Oh, we'll start shorting first green days. He's not, he's not hitting on her though. So that we're ahead. Oh, yeah, we're, we're only ahead. one minute into the podcast. <laughs> give him true. time, Kim. Give him time. So that being said, everyone, <laughs> welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Um, we've got a we've got the whole team here. We got Kim, we got Steven, and then we've got a guest, uh, Victoria goes by Crown in the Steady Trade chat. And uh, it's kind of a neat thing. You know, we we've had a, a lot of upcoming traders. You know, geez, we've had everything from you know, a couple a couple months ago, we had some some very very new traders. We've had Jim Rogers, about as OG as they get, with forty plus, hell, probably fifty years going on for for Jim. And uh, so we we we're kind of trying to bring in the gamut. And uh, we've got Crown, aka Victoria here, uh, a steady trade team member, coming up on a year, and just kind of going to talk about you know that general experience of of getting started in trading where she's at. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll talk about what we do in the, the steady trade team. Obviously, Stephen and I mentioned a lot on the podcast. Kim does too. So uh, welcome, Victoria. Maybe just uh, thank you. kind of start out with a little bit of a little bit. Of, you know, I always go with that like Marvel movie origin story, you know, <laughs> um, give us a little background. You know, what brought you to trading? What, you know, you know, kind of what got what you got started and where you've been kind of up until where we are today, maybe. So, um, well, I played volleyball at University of Hawaii and then moved to LA to play professionally. And that's kind of ties into how I got started trading because after I was done with volleyball, I took a job at Fox Sports, but I had like a three week break. And I had never in my life taken a trip that didn't involve volleyball, like never just anything for fun. And I was 24 at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to go to the Bahamas for a couple of weeks and relax and you know, drink as much as I want and kind of do whatever I want without having to be on a set schedule every day. And I met this couple at the blackjack table and he was a day trader. And up until this time, I hadn't really even considered it or thought about it. You know, I kind of had my life strategically planned out. And up until that point, everything had kind of gone the way I had planned it to. But then, uh, and he had, I mean, he was very well off. I mean, and obviously he could have been blowing smoke. He could have been a Colombian drug lord for all I know. Honestly, I don't know. I didn't like see his operation or anything, but he just said him and his wife, you know, he trades and they travel everywhere and he can work from anywhere. And I was like, man, that, that just sounds amazing. You know? So then I went to Fox and then now, now just there. not to break your flow. No, you're fine. Time timeline. Where are we this like roughly? Oh, so I was 24 when I met that guy. And then I stayed at Fox Sports for a few years. I did but the what, what year? I was for, just kind of getting the context. Oh, uh, this was like 2007, 2008. Okay, okay. That's kind of what I was wondering. Okay. Yeah, right, so. so it was a while ago. And so then I stayed at Fox Sports for a while. And then um, I have two little girls. So I had my first baby and I started studying and reading books at first, you know, and I even um, 
subscribe to stocks to trade, but I didn't even have a brokerage account. So I know that's kind of backwards, but what I would do is at night, you know, I would just kind of get on there and I would look at the top percent gainers and how much they ran and why they ran. And I would look at the news and just kind of started to understand like why, why things moved, you know, and I started tracking things on spreadsheets and um, then I joined Penny Stocking Silver, which was, which was awesome. And I watched all the video lessons from Sykes and I did all that. And then when I first started trading, I was kind of strictly just doing OTCs because that's, that's a lot. Not that Sykes is just OTCs, but it's, it's pretty, I would say 90% OTC dominant, you know? And so I got really comfortable with that. And then I really wanted to start venturing into the listed world. And it was like, my kids got older. So I had more time to study and really focus. And then I found, and then since I was already on stocks to trade out, obviously been hearing about STT pro and all that. So then I was like, okay, now it's time. And things just obviously in 2020 got absolutely crazy and took off. And I just really needed to kind of start understanding more the why I had already gotten over PDT on, on my, not on my own. I won't say on my own. Cause I was on penny stocking silver and all that, you know, but I just knew that there was so much more I could be learning and understanding and doing, you know, so the joining the steady chain train was just the best thing that I could have done. Honestly, I love it. It is. I mean, I actually like, I know people joke and say that they go to sleep thinking about stock charts and stuff, but I, I really do. Like, I just, I don't know. I love it. It is so great. And I love it. I'm on the West coast. So I get up early, but I'm an athlete. So I've gotten, I've had to be on the beach at 5.00 AM every day, ready for practice. So I prefer to start really early in the morning. That's my jam. And then I'm done at one, you know, and then I make sure that I journal my trades and update my spreadsheets. And then I got the rest of the day with my kids. And it's what, what amazing. Is it you love Victoria, like give us a couple of specifics. What does it provide you? Um, so I think about this a lot, you know, but think, so being an athlete, it's kind of like you, when, how, whatever you put into it is what you get out of it. Right. Like you, you're not, it's not going to be given to you because of who your dad is or who, you know, you know, it's like, you're either good or you're not. And the more that you put into it, the harder you practice, the harder you train, the harder you study your opponents watching film, the more prepared you are, the, the better the outcome. Right. And that's the yeah. same thing with trading. It's your own discipline. And you kind of decide, I mean, obviously the, you could have a perfect setup that doesn't work and you just have to accept the fact that that's going to happen, you know, and you, that's out of your control. You just stick to your stop and then move on. But I just love it that I know that what I put into it and how hard I work, then that's what I'm going to get out of it. And the results are going to show in the work that I put in. I hear so many people say, especially in 2020, new traders really kind of got super tricked into thinking that this was, this was an easy game. And I, I don't mean to say game because it's not a game, but it's definitely not easy. And I know a lot of new people that were pretty successful in 2020 that have already had a really rough start to 2021 because they just, everything goes up. You know what I mean? Like that's just pretty much what, what the gist was in 2020. And it worked out for the most part for people that weren't prepared, but the market's constantly changing and you have to adapt to it. And People, you know how, isn't it kind of funny to you guys that people say it's slow right now? Because it's not slow. <laughs> it's still really fast. I like, tell you, I you know, even... that's the, so, so a couple of things. Number one, I'll comment on that point. So I'm like, you know, and again, I love, I love like, you know, they're my boys, my boys, Bryce, Matt, Kyle, Jack, you know, and, 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 you know, like the other day, Bryce too, he's like, you know, and he's just crushing it. And he's like, oh, market's crashing nothing i'm like god <laughs> come on man so anyway I, I i agree but man second thing i want to comment before you move on that what you said about that whole get out what you get in or put in i mean that's the if i had to pick one reason that i was like you know with i mean most people listeners probably know my bio i had the business things were going well but it's just like especially once you get a mature business, it's like, you can't, you, you can't really make things move. And, and, and it's like, I could work harder, work harder, but then I got to yeah. depend, I got to depend on 20 people. I got to, I got to hope that the customer ultimately signs the purchase order. And I, you know, with trading, I was like, I'm getting up at four or 5 AM every day. And I just start seeing the harder I work, the, you know, just like ath athletics is like, the yeah. more comes back. And that's where I was just like, you know, and then, and then, you know, I go to the office and 
you know, and it's like you sit there with the rubber stamp and you punch the stamp, <laughs> yeah. making yeah. good money. And the, and the business yeah. is still doing well today. But I'm just like, man, the fire's not there. And, well, yeah, and that was my issue at Fox. Like I majored in journalism and my dream was to be, you know, the head girl on ESPN that was on the football field, you know, talking about all the games. But then, and it was amazing. And I had so many awesome trips that I took to do promos for the NFL and the NBA and stuff. But at the same time, I just, I, I didn't really have control over it. And I mean, obviously like you still work hard and you can move up, but it was just, I just didn't, I don't know. It just kind of died. And I was like, I just don't, I was going through the motions, you know, and I love it. Cause even though obviously when I wake up, I'm still going to my same desk and I'm, you know, launching up the computers and the monitors, but it's like, at the same time, every trading day is different. You're never going to have, you know, just like game of golf, no game of golf you play is ever going to be the exact same as the last one. And no trade that you make will ever be the exact same as the last one. They're all, it's all different and it's different movers every day. And it's just, it's so fun. I mean, it really Sorry, is. Walk us through a day. What does a day look like for you? What time do you wake up? How do you navigate the kids? Oh, that's about... See, I was on a roll in 2020 until the schools closed. I was... <laughs> that really threw me, man. Oh, gosh. When I look at, like, my profits and stuff, I, sometimes I think of what could have been. But at the same time, I have to be thankful for the opportunities that 2020 presented anyway. So I, I don't mean to complain about it. And I know a lot of people had a rough year, but... I, so I get up at about four just because I, and I, I just like to be awake. Obviously I can't roll out at six o'clock for the market to open at six 30 because it's just, I need to be completely wide awake, ready to go. Um, I always say good morning and chat, but then I just review everything from yesterday to see if anything that I was watching yesterday is still a possible play today. Yeah. And then if it's absolutely not, I just, you know, cross it off and move on. And then I look obviously at everything moving today and just start building my watch list and getting all my charts set up, you know, where I want them so that I can see everything. I traded from just one laptop for a while and that was, it got really hard in 2020 <laughs> to do that. So then I upgraded and it's been the best thing ever because now I can actually keep everything on my watch list up so I can see it moving. It is nice now though, that I don't have like 30 alarms going off every five minutes. And I had to stop setting alerts. Oh yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it just got, it got Too unbelievable. Much. I'd be Too trying much. to like get in a trade and then all my alarms start going off and I'm trying to like click off of all of them. And then I miss my entry and I'm like, what? this is, it was, it really got bananas sometimes, but it was fun. You know, it yeah, was so totally. fun. So you get, you get your watch list and just walk us through not, not just your trading, but like when you plug into the room, how you handle the kids in the morning, like what, when's your hours to be able to give the market your focus? Oh yeah. So, um, I got to get my kids. I, so I'm, like I said, West coast time. So, um, I get my kids up at seven around between seven and seven 15. I'm not going to lie. They're really late. Sometimes if I like have, if I see something really setting up and I just can't walk away, then they're late to school, but their teachers have been pretty understanding. You know, they started about eight 15, but I get them up between seven and seven 15 so they can, you know, eat their breakfast and get ready to go. And then, um, I, I have to work out every day. It's like my therapy. You know, if I don't, I become, yeah. I've just become worse at everything for some reason I have to do it. So my workout time is like between eight 30 and nine 30 and then shower real quick. And I make sure that I'm back at my computer by 10. And I, my favorite time of trading is between two and four. So I take that time between 10 and one to really focus on what I'm watching for the afternoon. And a lot of times I, I won't take that 1 PM play cause it's often a fake out, you know, sometimes it works. And then I'm like, well, you know, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to miss things sometimes if it doesn't, if it's not your bread and butter, then that's okay. You know, it just happens. But if something is setting up and I know it's going to go in that two to 4 PM, well, I shouldn't say I know it's going to go, but you know, you get that feeling, you see it and she looks beautiful. And, and sometimes she just works out exactly how you wanted her to. And do you find that this is what you do five days a week? You're doing it, it's close, it's almost full time, I would say. Is this the one place that you do you rely on this for like your revenue? Yes. Well, I coach high school volleyball as well, but I do that just because I love helping the kids and I love coaching. So that's my, my main revenue is definitely from trading because I've been doing it full time for about two years. The first couple of years was just getting acclimated. And then I finally realized that if I, if I want to be successful at this, it's something I need to focus on every single day. And, um, luckily I, you know, I, 
I'm pretty low key. I'm not very high maintenance. So like the money I had from sponsorships from volleyball and, you know, at Fox, I saved up a pretty good amount. So I was able to allow myself time to learn without being concerned and make sure that I was still able to take care of my kids, you know, and they're still young. So I'm just hoping that by the time they're, you know, 16, they need their car, they need, you know, then my plan is to be, you know, Jack Kellogg status. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, just I don't I try not to look at numbers or set goals or anything like that because it, it really messes with me. I just kind of am one trade at a time and I don't I don't have like a profit goal every day or like I I don't know. I it just doesn't work for me. I know it really works for other people and I see everybody else's gains and it's awesome. It's just I, I've never really focused on that. I'm just like one trade at a time, one week at a time, you know, one month at a time. It all adds up over time. You know, a great, a, another great thing that I think you did awesome is again, having that, you know, that buffer or whatever you want to call it. I yeah. Mean, you know, that's why I beg people, you know, it's like, you know, people ask, you know, like, when do I quit my job? And, and I think I saw, <laughs> yeah. I think somebody else said this, maybe, maybe Roland said it, something similar was like, you know, basically don't make them fire you. You know, I, I think yeah. Roland, I, I, I don't want to falsely attribute it, but I think Roland might've said that, like, just, you know, keep that, you know, keep yep. the paycheck, keep the benefit. Yeah. You know, I talk yeah. about this all the time. I mean, Hey, the market don't give you health insurance. Okay. And, and <laughs> yeah, so, tough. so, and again, I, I think it was Roland and I, cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to steal it all the time. Let them fire your ass, you know, let, let them, yeah. let the boss walk in yeah. be like, you're day trading again, get the hell <laughs> yeah. out of here, you know, but keep yeah. that job as long as you can, you know, because yeah. there's so, it's so hard and, and by putting that, I mean, it's like, it's like gasoline on, it's hard enough, but yeah. if you're like, you know, and, and, I, and I've told these stories and we've had guests that have talked about it too, where it's like, you know, you, you look at that checking account every day. And, you know, the mortgage goes out and the car payment goes out and yeah. maybe you have a bad day and now, and now you get, and it's like, man, so if you can have that nest egg or, or again, keep that day job, please do it. Yeah. Make them fire you. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think is the most important advice to new traders? Um, I would just say, just start small. Don't, you know, I, cause I have a couple friends that, we're really looking into it. And one of them is fortunate enough that, you know, she's, she's kind of like our little trust fund baby. We like to make fun of her, but I think a lot, of, I think the best thing when you start out is to start with a small account, even if you have the funds to immediately jump up to 25,000 and be over PDT. I think that's a huge mistake. There's actually a guy on the team that I'm trying to work with right now on sizing down. Cause he does have a pretty large account, but he's just not there yet in his trading journey and so when he loses he's losing quite a bit of money and he's also struggling to stick to his stops which definitely means you need to size yep. down if you're not you know if you can't stick to your stops and so I just think with new traders they they don't want to you know just start small and just take it one day at a time take a $50 position $100 position $200 position you know and just get a feel feel for it. You know, when I, when I started, I started really small and I was, it was funny because as soon as I bought, I sold I was in and out. I just like click, click. I was just kind of, you know, you just, it really takes a while to get comfortable, get used to it, get a feel for it. And so I think when you're starting out, just obviously study as much as you can, but just start small. Even if you can start big, don't just start small. And then you slowly size up over time. If your profit chart is telling you to, you know, your win percentage. Don't size up if you're losing every trade. <laughs> uh, I, I would just just add to that. I think the more you have to trade, uh, the more opportunity you have to be less disciplined. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can get uh, bailed out. I mean, again, you know. And you do get bailed out. You know, you, it's, it's, you, can, you know, we joke all, I mean, listen, Stephen, you know, I, you know, I joke about that whole making bank bros with like, you know, mommy and daddy money. I mean, you could, if you can just, ride it out you know if you got a big enough account you can just ride it out and all of a sudden 
you know, and, but that's not that, that, that only, and Steve and I say it all the time. It, lasts it works, it, it works until yeah. it doesn't. Yep. <laughs> just like 2020, just like 2020 with everything going up and people thinking, Hey, this is easy. I could trade forever. Well, I'm going to quit you know, my you're job. In, you're in a, you're in a dries, a BPTH, you know, a, a, uh, uh, SPI, you know, or yeah, so a VVPR um, and a downside halt. <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, I mean, just to, re to reiterate the final point, nothing, nothing increases discipline like a small account. Nothing improves discipline yeah. like a small account. Nothing. Mm -hmm. and, and I had to do that. I was notoriously famous for having terrible discipline. I had a $500 account. <laughs> I, saw I, tied, I saw you tied. I saw you tied to the chair. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> That's my Twitter profile probably forever, that and the horse. But um, what, I, what I was curious about is what was the first thing that clicked for you? What was the first pattern where you thought, ah, this pattern makes sense? And I the, get why uh, it works. Yeah, well, the actually my most successful pattern when I started was the OTC panic dip buy. Um, yeah. I, for some reason, I really struggled on the morning spikes on the OTCs. I either would sell just way too early or way too late but the panics i really i just i got quicker than anything else i could see the turn on level two pretty easily yeah. you know um and so that was the first pattern that i i really got successful at and so that was the pattern the first pattern that i started sizing up into just because it you know it made a lot of sense to me and then the afternoon otc breakout i watched um trading tickers one and Gratani really broke that pattern down. And so I really took that, but basically in the start, honestly, it was just OTC panic dip highs and OTC afternoon breakouts. That was, were kind of like the only two patterns in my arsenal that worked, you know, I tried other ones, they didn't work. And what about listed? What, what, what are you playing listed now? Oh yeah. So now listed, I love um, the afternoon. I love the dip and rips. I love those, but I do, uh, you know, th things are, they do, things change in the market. That's what people have to understand. So you really like yeah. this morning, OCGN is a perfect example. Um, yeah. I, I alerted in chat and I was like, uh, this break of 14 is probably going to drop hard. And I really tried to help, but I know a lot of people took it and then they got kind of slammed because it dropped down like under 13 pretty quickly. But if you, if you look back at the chart, it really told you that that was coming, you know, like it really struggled at 14 for a while and it's not a low floater. So it's not like it's going to really have a lot of power to push through, but I love dip and rips. And then the afternoon VWAP hold high a day break. Um, the reversal long is another listed pattern that I love. And I, um, I started working on that a few months ago, but then in trading tickers too, Gratani like really went over it. And so now I've, been pretty successful on that since learning that pattern um i would say those three are my are my favorites for listed and then i still obviously the otc panic dip buys i still do those and then the afternoon breakouts even though i made a huge mistake yesterday on wsgf and looking at it at 64 right now when i stopped out at 35 yesterday is still really hard i just need to take it off my watch list because it's making me mad i literally sold at the bottom and then it turned and i was like wow okay yeah I but uh, you know again did I, that wrong <laughs> i mean again you know but the solace I, I mean it's like again i mean we and we went over it in chat this morning i mean that, that thing's sketchy as hell you know it's like it is yeah i mean you you you, you i about this has been one of my quotes for years is like if, if you play the coulda, woulda, shoulda game yeah, in trading, yeah. <laughs> you will go batshit crazy, you know? And yeah, I mean, yeah. When you're in World Series of Golf yesterday afternoon and it starts <laughs> and it starts yanking, you got to take that oh, stop. Yeah. And, you know, I, and, I, and you, I yes, it, yes, it hurts today because it, look, it looks like right now it's probably yeah. going to be a gapper again, but man. Well, you and it has a history you know. of failing to gap up the next day yeah. too. So that's why even when it came back, yesterday afternoon I didn't take it and then I felt extra good about it because Kyle Williams said that he's not taking it because it fails to um, follow up and gap up the next day so I was like oh cool so he just confirmed what I was thinking golden and then it woke up today and it's just boom <laughs> like wow wow it's hard when those OTCs double from where you got out of because your position sizes are so large it's like you're just kind of saying goodbye to a really nice profit <laughs> How, how often do you put time into watching videos and still educating yourself? Like it sounds, it's a consistent part 
of your experience. Doesn't feel like you learned it and you're done. Just like how many hours a month do you spend on getting better? So I, I make sure that as soon as when the market closes, I don't trade that much in after hours unless there's something that really looks like it's setting up. I don't stay and look for something I, if I'm still watching it from late day. But um, so as soon as it closes, I make sure that I, all, I update my journals. I do my losing journal every day. Like if I have a bad trade that day, I make sure that's the first thing that I do. And I look at that really close and I save the chart. Um, I have gotten... I have really gotten not very great at my spreadsheets lately. It's just been, and like I said, I'm not complaining about uh, the schools being closed or anything. It is what it is, but it's just, uh, I, it lessens my time to work on my spreadsheets because I have to work on the homework with my kids. I wanna make sure they're not falling behind. I have a six-year-old, she can't exactly read the directions very well all the time. And I have to make sure, I just wanna make sure that what you know they were on in Zoom, they understand. Cause it's obviously if I was six, I'd be checking out from that every day. You know, that would just be so hard to do. So normally I would spend a couple hours after the market closed working on that because then I wouldn't have to pick my kids up from school cause they have their after school stuff they do. So I would have at least a couple hours. Um, so that time has gotten less, but I would say every day, at least I set aside an hour to an hour and a half, whether that's for an hour after the close and then an hour before bed. But I'm always looking at new things, watching the video lessons. If someone puts out a YouTube video of, you know, some new pattern, I always watch it. I, I just think it's, a, there's so many good traders and you should never get set in your ways as a trader. Obviously you need to stay disciplined. That's so important, but you need to stay open to learning from other successful traders constantly. Like no matter how good you are, there's always somebody that's better at a certain pattern than you. And you can always learn from that person, especially with the market, the way it always is constantly changing. You can't just get set in this way. And this is the only way I trade and I won't trade any other way. You know, I think that's a big mistake that people make in thinking like Tim always says, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So you just have to stay open-minded to, you know, if your, your pattern could still maybe stay that pattern, but it might just shift a little bit. Maybe your entry needs to be a little sooner, or maybe, you know, you need to start recognizing these breakout fails. So it needs to be more of an in and out instead of always trying to hit your goals. I do hear a lot of new traders get kind of fascinated with the three to one risk to reward, which obviously that's a good way to make your trade plan, but you, you have to be open to the fact that um, if you're up 50 cents a share you don't need to let it drop down to your stop. You already right. had a 50 cent a share. So just paying attention to the, to the price action and the chart, is it making higher lows? What's it doing? You really have to pay attention to that and not get stuck in your ways where it's like, I'm either three to one or I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people do that. I hear that so, a lot in the chat. So, so Stephen, I, I, I can tell you're going to ask, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. King of butting in, but Kim, I wanted to make a point to, I want to answer your yeah. question on behalf of crown. Okay. I can tell you this when it comes, I mean, I don't even need to see her name in chat. I might not even be looking in chat. Right. I ask her questions because I know she's there. Okay. Yeah. Every single day, every single webinar, even if I don't see her typing, I'll ask her something because I know there's a handful of people that are there every single day webinar so i can answer. Yeah. i mean her answer much more web eloquent than mine but i just know i can be like hey like yesterday was a great example i had uh, a, a couple meetings yesterday afternoon and someone was like hey tim was there any solid vwap afternoon and i'm like listen i wasn't running scans at 2 p.m so i basically yeah. asked i asked crown and she's like no there weren't yeah. i'm like perfect I knew she was there because I knew totally. she was there. You know, totally. so. awesome. I actually did a bad job of answering your question, Kim. I'm sorry. You asked <laughs> me how many hours a week. I would say at least like at least 10 hours during the weekday. But I love Saturday mornings because I wake up, I ride the bike, and then I like let my put on a movie for my kids or give them their phone time. And then I just study on Saturday. I review everything and every trade and just look really closely out, especially the ones I lose, like, what did I miss? You know? And sometimes yeah. I didn't miss anything, but a lot of times it just really helps just to look I at bet. the different time frame. I was actually, that was the last point I, I wanted, because I think that gets overlooked. I love that she has a loser's journal. And yeah. I, you know, again, this is something that I haven't talked about much lately, but if you like watch my old videos, I'll talk about that, man. I used to just, especially getting started, man, I, people focus on winners too much. You know, to me, mm. it's like, it's like, just like in athletics, you know, you know, like this will date oh, yeah. me, 
back back when I used to watch the dreadful Lions. You know, Barry Sanders, <laughs> when, when Barry Sanders scored a touchdown, he gave the football to the ref and he went to the sideline. He did his job. He's there to score touchdowns. You know, and, and what I think so many people fixate on, they fixate on the winners. I made this, I did this, I mm-hmm. did this. I think you should obsess on the losers and figure 100%. Out what you did wrong, why, and why am I, what can I do to not do that again? So I love the losers. Oh yeah, when I was, when I was in college, if we lost a game and I didn't play well, I would be in the film room the next morning, first thing, watching, watching the game, every mistake that I made, I'd rewind it, watch it again, see where I went wrong, where it was open, what should I have done? Same thing with trading, reviewing your losers is so much more important than just staring at your winners, (laughs) even though it feels Um, good. (laughs) And just, just to add to that, um, I think, and it comes from a book that I got called The Slight Edge. Um, it's so it's so important that when you're doing well that you still look at what you're doing bad. You don't you don't look at what's wrong when something goes wrong. You look at what's wrong <laughs> all the time. Well said. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And and that's what I've always done. I've always thought, what am I doing wrong? Even when I'm doing really well. Um, and that's the only way because if you get sloppy with consistent, if you get sloppy with your success, the success starts to fade without you knowing. And you go That's back a to really, average. really good point. That's a really yeah. good point. Cause I, even on my winning trades, I'm like notorious for selling too early. I mean, it's like a running joke in the chat room. Everybody <laughs> buys when I sell because it's like a guaranteed win. Everyone I mean, also buys when I short sell. So it's <laughs> <laughs> but though, but I review that all the time. Cause even though I won, sometimes I, I think of it as a loser. Cause I was like, gosh, like why, why couldn't I have just let it keep going you know I mean it's still a winning trade but like you said there's still there's something you could always have done better yeah but the best thing that I've ever done is I don't just save the charts but I save the charts and then I categorize every chart into a subsection so okay these are first red days these are gap and craps these are not just longs but these are multi multi-month breakout longs and these are multi-month breakout longs that washed out the open and then started making higher lows and broke the were. Yeah. And if you have 20 charts the same way, then you can really microanalyze how far do these go? What are the signs that the breakdown before the breakdown? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, again, you when, know, I've told that story. You know, I, I, I mean, I know I'm old school, but I, I had binders for each chart pattern. You know, I, I would print them. And then Saturday mornings was kind of my time too. I'd sit there and I'd just like flip through the, almost like you know, again, Crown's talking about teaching her young, almost like a flashcards type situation where I'm just like, and, and, you know, I talk about looking at charts to your eyes bleed. I'd just be like, you know, how can I find this one next week type thing? So, yeah. yeah. When you, I have a question for you, Stephen, when you, cause I've been working on, well, it's not a new pattern. I know people have always done it, but it's, it's something that's newer for me. Um, on the morning runners that go up pretty big in pre-market and then just start trending under VWAP for the rest of the day. Um, uh, I kind of mark that high a day when at the open and then I keep watching it. I keep it on watch just to make sure if it breaks that high a day, I want to catch those, those shorts getting out. It actually worked out really well on Monday with a pin Tim's favorite a P E N Tim's favorite ticker. He loves those <laughs> obesity plays, Yeah, <laughs> but that actually worked out really All well. In, baby. Shorts Max getting BP out. short, baby. <laughs> yep. And then FRSX did it as well on Monday when it broke that high a day, the shorts were exiting their positions and I grabbed some of that move. When you do get in short, like after a morning runner really starts yeah. downtrending, is that where you set your exit for the high a day after the open? Yeah, honestly, if it, and before that, because I know that everyone else is exiting yeah. probably on the high of the day. Um, for me, if a stock doesn't break down properly, like if it's not like dead, dead, fully broke down and done, there's yeah. no hope of it coming back by 10, 30, 11. Um, I'm out. Like anything holding even within a few percent of VWAP, I'm, I'm out. You're like out. Any, anything that is hanging around, hanging around, slight higher lows, there's no way I'm in that. I mean, it's a 50, 50, it's going to squeeze. Yeah. See, that's what, cause so many people I know that, cause I'm, I'm dominant long, but I, I, I'm obviously studying shorting all the time, but I think it, so many people that just go long, they're like, I don't need to know anything about short selling. Cause I don't do that. But I, 
I totally disagree with that. I think it's so important to understand the mind of a short seller because it can really help your trades on the long side if you understand where their exits are going to be and why they got in. And because I mean, those yeah. those move, you know, they can really move when those shorts start getting out of their positions. And if you catch that move, it's like FRSX caught like 75 cents of it. And then it proceeded to go up $3 from there. And everybody else really banked on it. That was another like, thanks, crown. Thanks for selling. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. That's what I'm yeah, here no, for. But, <laughs> but, but uh, my, one of my golden rules as a short seller is something that I got told from Dan Irish, and that was um, consolidation's bullish. Never think of consolidation as bearish. Think of it as bullish. Well, so yeah. if anything consolidates, if anything doesn't break down in the morning, I just see it as bullish. And if it's bullish, I'm not in it. Especially yeah, post twenty post twenty sixteen. That that's that one yeah. thing. Like like and and I love that quote by Dan. I'll probably steal that as well. So it's funny, you know, how things change. And again, all the gray hair and the bald spot. You know, back back in the day, opposite. We we thought of you know I'm talking 2007 to 2012. That consolidation was bearish because you knew <laughs> you knew the exact opposite was probably coming because you knew everyone was just giving up because because we, we we had high certainty that the longer this went sideways the more likely people were to give up post 2016 everybody's like it's hanging around it's hanging around. you know and everybody's yeah. just like it's just interesting how things shift and how that changed i love that quote because yeah it, right now <laughs> here's a question for all of you is there anything else similar to consolidation today is bullish and it used to mean it was bearish. Are there anything bullet points just like that that you could say are different today than they used to be? Everything's different today than it used to be. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it, it well said by, by Crown Victoria. I mean, it's just, and listen, and I know it's funny how, I, you know, I rant about this all the time. You know, we had like one red day and now everybody's like talking market crash and stuff. But, you know, meanwhile, I, I mean, I was reading this article, you know, people have saved up like 2.9 trillion. We got stimulus checks coming. I mean, it ain't ending anytime soon. So it's just, I think, you know, and again, Kim, we've done podcasts yeah. about this. I just think it's going to be like this for a while. And when it ends, it's probably going to be really bad. I mean, it's probably, I mean, but it's like, you know, it's like when the party's going, enjoy the party. I mean, you know, so, so I don't know. You dance. Yeah. You know, but, but yes, there's, there's, I mean, I almost, there's times, and I know this was, you were asking the other two, but it's like, there's times where I tell stories about the olden days and I almost like, was it really like that? Right. Really, Start to doubt your memory. Did we really wait three days for a 20% gapper? And and it happened. There's times I wonder, but I'm like, God damn it, it happened. You would sit there a, all day and nothing no. would happen. Nothing. No. no. All but, day. But <laughs> but I, I, I definitely remember um, when I started four years ago, to see something go past hundred percent on the day was, was a big deal. Like something breaking a hundred percent, like 134%, 140. Everybody's like, holy Like shit. it can't go higher. Like the, the, the old, um, the old saying of it can't go higher. It was kind of true <laughs> because it didn't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It wow. didn't like when, when someone went 230% one day, I was blown away. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't think <laughs> yeah. that could happen. Now, Shit's going a thousand percent. It's just bananas. Well, because I remember that there would be a lot, like sometimes I would go days without placing a trade. But right yeah. now, I honestly, I can't remember the last time where I was actually engaged all day that I didn't take the day off, that I didn't trade because there's just crazy amounts of opportunities. Even even right now, when everyone says everything is so slow, it's it's not at all. It's still like double You've got four where trades. it used to You've be. Got, yeah. You've got four trades. You just don't have 16. <laughs> exactly. 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 Well, and it got so bad in 2020 that I had to start limiting the amount of positions I would be in at the same time. I got yeah. out of control a couple of times I, and I really had to check myself and then make sure, you know, it's, if it's an, if it's a swing trade, that's a slower mover, obviously 
that's I don't really count that but sometimes I would be in five trades at once that were all movers and I'm like what am I doing and I always sold the wrong ones too <laughs> yep, yep. always that's sold that's the, the bad part the more the more you're in the the, the you know the, you you invariably screw them all up yeah <laughs> did did you short GME Stephen um I may have shorted GME but not not on the initial run up it was like a trend break pre-market I think I took like six seven hundred bucks on like when I knew it was overextend I've got a yeah. really good short when something's really overextended and it's coming into resistance I literally just wait for the bullish trend injury yeah. to break short it and risk off that trend line because I know once the trend breaks all the longs are getting out yeah even if it's a five percent move it double bottoms recovers and pushes um so I think I, I took six seven hundred on a trend break short pre-market and that was it but no I'm nice. not um, not not you're not diamond and, um, hands. I'm scared of that thing, man. I don't like that. But GME, I did. I, I remember taking short as well, but it's like, it's really overextended. I'm yeah. like, I see a double top. I short below a high risk in the high of the day. It was just scary because you never know when the Wall Street Bets guys are just going <laughs> to take that thing well, off. Look at, look at, look at RKT yesterday. It's like, oh, it God. is all, you know, just this nice, steadily trending earnings winner. And all of a sudden, it, you know, yeah. it, was, it doubles in an hour, you know. I did but, not but, take that 24 break because there was I was doing something, working on a project with my daughter at the time. But even if I had, I know I wouldn't have stayed in until oh, yeah. 40. There's, there's no way I would have still. I probably, probably would have sold, sold at 25 and as it went to 45. Yeah, I, yeah me, <laughs> that's me for sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe 27 tops. That's, that's as far as I'm pushing so but, Victoria, uh, what, you know, I'm always curious about the kind of emotional side uh, of a trader. So what do you find are the places that you bump into for yourself? You, you and I have done some coaching in the trading room. That was quite, right at, kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Not that far. Yeah, the well, that was, I got, I got rocked on BVPR, but it was 100% my fault. It had already hit, hit my goals. Um, and I got greedy, which is extremely unlike me. I'm usually, my discipline is usually pretty on point. And then I got stuck in that downside halt and I ended up losing like $4 a share. And it's still my biggest loss mm -hmm. ever. And it, it took me, I mean, and I, you know, like, and like, it just goes back to being an athlete too. You're not going to win every game. You can't, no matter what, no, sometimes it doesn't matter how, if you did everything right, you still lose. You just have to accept that and move on. But um, that mentally, that trade, and that's why we talked about it. And I printed the chart out and I had it right next to my desk, you know, because I just didn't want to forget. And it just said, don't get greedy on with like big red marker. But then that turned into me constantly selling way too early because I just had it burned in my brain, you know, just to not get greedy because I was just, it's, it's, you know, it's, I'm okay when I lose, when I followed my trade plan and I stuck to my risk, but that one, I think mentally just hurt more than any of the other ones because I knew it was my fault and it was my lack of discipline and I let it go. It went past my goal and I got greedy. And so I was just more disappointed in myself. Oh my gosh. Whoa. We got massive rain coming down. <laughs> I'm sorry. It never rains that. like that down here, but um, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so mentally that, that took me a while to get over. And then like, I, that's why I talked to you about it a couple of times. Cause it's like, just, I had to just get over it, but it hurts more when you don't follow your rules. Like when, cause just because you lose a trade doesn't mean you broke any of your rules. A lot of people right. feel that way, but that's not what it means. If you stick to your risk, then it's still a good trade, even if you lost, you know, but with that, that just rocked me because like I said, I broke every rule and then I got rocked in that downside hole. And I hate that damn thing. I look at VVP, but I, I don't want this. anything I to this. do with it. You know, and, and I'll always remember my biggest loss in FAZ, triple leverage financial ETF. But I say cherish that, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. you know, I always say your biggest loss, your biggest, you know, I we try to keep it PG, but you cherish your biggest fuck up because yeah. like, I'm not doing that again. You know, I am Ever. not <laughs> doing that again. You know, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose over and over and again, but I'm not doing that again. You know, and, and yeah. I, so I say never forget it, value it, you know? Yeah. So. yeah I, I definitely say like the adding to losers, but then I still do it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to go down. it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love pain. 
Because then when you add to a loser, though, and you end up making it a winner, you're like, yeah, see, I knew that was going to happen. Honestly, <laughs> but, but you don't just make them winners that often become some of your biggest winners as well. Yes, exactly. Because you've got extra size and right. you've kind of top tick, bottom tick, whether you're long mm -hmm. or short. It's a terrible habit. I mean, I'll, I'll look at a lot of me profit and loss um, and I'll have big green day, big green day, big green day, even bigger red day but then a decent green day. And I'm like, I could have like just had five quite good green days yeah. without having to have the extremes. And I don't risk blowing my account up. Do you know what I yeah. mean? But it's the yeah. ego of turning something wrong and making it right. <laughs> well, it's like the thrill in it too, you know? Like it's yeah. just, maybe you're like a thrill seeker, a gentleman drunkie, you love it. No, but it's it's good until your account nearly blows up and reality yeah. kicks in. Like it's 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 all fun and games until someone gets hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and there there's so many traders that struggle with that because I hear Gritani talk about that all the time. He would constantly be adding outside of his risk level and all that stuff, you know. And even Most like and like you sellers. said, they do that. Yeah, Is but go on. What what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just going to say it was, it was, you know, like you said, sometimes those turn into some of your biggest winners. And so it just like justifies that point. And it's like, it's just it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. But like, but like, say, for example, the day I can make 500 bucks and I'm like almost disappointed because I'm bored and there's no excitement, but maybe, maybe bored and not excitement is um, the way to go. Because once you've got a safe strategy and then you add some zeros and you size it up, it's a lot of money that you can make in a safe way. It's just about having the process down first. Yeah. So true. Well, hey, Crown, uh, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate this. Um, I tell you, you know, the biggest thing that, uh, you know, I really appreciate is, is your disciplined approach. And, I, you know, it's, it's interesting how much you can see how athletics and, and training have transferred to your trading. I mean, that, I mean, it's like, I was, I was thinking about like a title of this podcast and it's like, it's like, man, you know, it, just having that approach, you know, having that grind it out, the more I put in, the more I get out of it type of yeah. approach and, you know, and, and, um, and that competitive nature too. And, and competitive nature against yourself ultimately. Yeah. Because, That's my biggest you know. thing. I'm constantly competing with myself to get yeah. better and be better and do better. I'm like, I'm kind of addicted to it and I used to think it was bad but it's just it's who I am it's like how I'm wired and I have to be that way yeah it's really it's inspiring Victoria it is I tell you this was an awesome podcast yeah I I feel I feel I feel like I gotta put some more work back in now man what do you want meanwhile Steven's meanwhile Steven's sleeping till noon right what time do you get up Steven I generally I'm up at about seven, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, look, I was, um, I was very, very disciplined at doing like two to three, I would do two to three hours study every, every morning. And then I trade the markets like five, six hours, then an hour recap in the evening, just like saving charts and whatever. So I would definitely be putting 12, 13, 14 hour days in, but since moving house, like for sure, I've got sloppy, that, that three hours in the mornings, now one hour, do you know what I yeah. mean? Well, that's the same thing with me with the kids. I that's why yeah. I fell behind on so much because it's just been more difficult. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this as, as as again as as yeah. the old guy, cherish that time, man. Um, and I can tell I you do. I, I can tell you do. I <laughs> but I I got a 19 year old and a 16 year old, and man, I miss my babies some days, you know. And I know. You know the homework and picking them up and all that, you know, something. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying you do that, but, um, that time goes fast, man. All of a it sudden, does. all of a sudden they're adults, right. you know, <laughs> I so know. Cherish that. I, I, I greatly respect your work ethic, but damn it. If, if, if they, you know, spend that time too. I mean, you, 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 you listen, you're young. You hear me say this, you got 80 years of trading ahead of you, you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 years from now, that six-year-old's going to be 16, you know, and, and I know. you can't, you know, so, so yeah. <laughs> if you could just turn back time. <laughs> I got and knew, if you could turn back time and know that GME was going to 400. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, well, yeah, let's, let's, we'll take this home, man. Crown, I, I, I really appreciate your openness and, uh, 
man again inspiring yeah thank you <laughs> thank you for the shirt yeah. <laughs> um you know and, and again Sorry, I, uh, they're so great i got i got no here. beef with that <laughs> i got no beef with that i got no beef with that uh <laughs> yeah you know i even I, has the intonation perfect <laughs> yeah. intonation is where it's those things come alive Me. those quotes <laughs> and uh you know and i, I think Stephen will mirror this too i mean very very inspired by this podcast man it got me got me fired up again to 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 double down on the discipline and and i would just doubly like to thank you again as a as a you know i we call it the steady trade team and it's a small group and i just i know that again i know you're there i know I, I lean on you for stuff. I know you've put in the time. I, I, I know the seat time. I know you grind and it's just, it's, it's awesome. You know, just like Steven, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, Steven is, is a teammate in there as well. I'm like, Hey, you know, this morning we were looking for a biotech to short and he was in TRXC and I was like, Hey, great setup. It's, it's just so cool. The community we have, especially yeah. because of people like you and, and Steven as well. We just, gotta get, we just gotta get Kim to get up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Hawaii time and get in there. So it's funny. Go to in the bed earlier. Just go to bed <laughs> earlier. It's easy. When there's like a new person that comes in the chat room and they're asking questions about stuff, I get all excited. I'm like, oh, it's a new person. I can help them learn and get better. So I like message them. I'm like, let me know if you need any help or you have any questions. I think it's because I'm a coach too and a and a mom, I guess. So well, I, just I can't remember. Of, I, think I get excited. A, is that an Einstein quote? You know, it's like, it's one of those, I, I can't remember if it's him or, but there's that quote, like one of the ways to master something is teach it. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, and yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and, and number one, it's a way to refine. And then number two, it's just, it's just fun. You know, it's just, it's fun yeah. to help, fun to help it's people. Awesome. That's why we do this podcast, you know. <laughs> it's a really supportive community. And yeah, when I have been there, you know, the little bit that I have, I can see how supportive everybody is to each other and encouraging and pulling up those who feel insecure or not quite that like adept. Nobody yeah. judges anybody. Everybody is like, hey, we want to help you succeed. It's a really inspiring energy yeah. that's in that room. And I, and I feel it's great that's there because of you, Tim, because you're constantly wanting to be that contribution to them. And I feel like that energy that you come with, it, it teaches everybody what the tone is going to be from the get-go. And then everybody just kind of falls in line to that. So I've seen you too, uh, Victoria, do that support with people. And it's really amazing. And Steven, he does that all the time as well. He'll do that on his own time, just on Twitter. He'll make sure he's encouraging somebody or helping them, you know, think something through. So th this is to me the most beautiful thing about, you know, the day traders in Stocks to Trade is the encouragement and inspiration to keep people, you know, going forward. So it's pretty damn beautiful, I think. You're not going to say it? Teamwork makes the dream work. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, thank you for watching. Jeff, definitely, uh, you know, anything we mentioned today will be posted over at SteadyTrade.com. Um, check out the Steady Trade team. You know, again, Crown has been an amazing contributor there. Steven's there every day. Again, it's an amazing community. It's my life's passion. I, I just... Uh, you know, I, I, Crown's heard me tell this story a million times. Friday afternoons are the worst part of the week and Monday mornings are my favorite part of the day or favorite part of the week. It's like, it's like Monday morning can never come soon enough. And uh, would really like to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Steven. And we'll see you on the next edition of the Steady Trade Podcast. Bye guys.